Next Chapter Podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The 500 The 500 J.A.M. been walking us down through that 2012 edition So it ain't nothing to new Hundreds more to go And in need of a friend The king of these for Angelo Talking the 500 until the end Talking the 500 until the end with my man J.M. On the 500, talking the 500 until the end. All right, 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 That is the most outcast intro on any of the records ever in the history of outcasty in Stank. Katank Onion. The song is Gasoline Dreams. It's from the 2000 records. Stank. I want to say skank so bad. Stank Onia. It's number 361 out of 500 on the 500 with Josh Adam Myers. What's up, everybody? I'm at the cellar. Uh, I'm at the stand. I'm at a bunch of comedy clubs in New York City. I'll be back in LA doing the goddamn comedy jam. You can see me in DC August 5th through the 7th. Man, I want everybody to come out. Bring me crab cakes. Come on to the DC Comedy Loft, people. Come on, man. Truth be told, I'm excited, man. I might, I'm bringing Lekka down. Lekka down. I'm taking the train down, dude. That's a big deal. Trains. I'm a big fan of trains and bridges. Uh, but you can get all those tickets at joshadammyers.com. We got a lot of cool stuff planned. All right, let's get to the, uh, let's get to the uh, band. It's Outcast. So I'm going to talk about my first experience with him. I just have to give a shout out to one person in my life. Maury Rollins was the dude that I, one of my best friends of all time, loved Outkast. He also loved 311, but I'm not going to hold that against him because he loved Outkast. Dude, he also loved Creed. Maury loved Creed, loved Creed. And you know what? He was right. I made fun of him back in the day, and now I think Creed is one of the most badass groups of the 2000s. Fight me on that, people. Scott Stapp is my buddy. I fucking love him. Watch him and Burt Kreischer on the goddamn Comedy Jam TV series on Paramount Plus right now. It's it's the most magical thing in the world. When they performed higher together, I cried in the back because that was the that was a moment I knew my buddy Angelo was in the room. But outcast. What I love about doing a Quemini first and then going into this is is it really made me realize just how important. Outcast is in the big picture of hip hop. Uh, I completely agree uh, with them moving up higher on the list. I actually think Aquemini should have been flip flopped with this, but I think this is a great record. I think that uh, Outcast is an incredible band, and it sucks that a lot of people don't know who they are. So hopefully, we're opening up doors for everybody to really dig 
this music. Shout out to my boy Byron Bowers. Shout out to Yasser Lester from Marietta, Georgia. I love you guys. Um, yeah, man. And my guest today is a near and dear friend to me. The one of the one of the funniest. I mean, this dude is just insane with how funny he is. The one and only Jay Farrow. You know him from being on Saturday Night Live, from his show White Famous. He is. Uh, he's got a new movie called Resort to Love coming out on July 29th on Netflix. Netflix. Get on those Netflix. He is. Oh, burp! I got indigent. Ooh. I haven't had breakfast yet today because Peter's yelling at me to get this out. I don't know why I started doing these. I should have just gone right into the episode and done the intro before. This is always like, I'm always like, I gotta, oh my God, the, the, the episode comes out in two days. You gotta get the intro out, Josh. And I'm like, you know, number one, I used to have to read the history. Thank God for DJ Morty Coyle, dude. God bless his soul. Jay's a big fan of Outcast. This was a super fun episode with a really talented dude with really good perspective. It gets serious, it's fun. Enjoy. Rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to The 500. Listen free on all platforms. Leave a five-star rating on Apple or anywhere. Please leave a, leave, a, leave a review. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. Tell your friends to follow me, too, because, you know, I just posted a picture of my hand getting torn to pieces. Email the podcast at 500podcast at gmail.com. Follow the Facebook group, The 500 Podcast with Jam, run by Crazy Evan. And for all things 500, go to our website, the500podcast.com. Well, Andre 3000, you want to tell them what's going on? Here we go with 361 Stango Nia. Please tell me you have an impersonation of either Big Boy or Andre <laughs> 3000, because I know I, you get one of them. I listen, I, I kind of, I guess, I guess Andre three stacks, but it, it's not. It's not intentional. It's yeah. just, it's really not intentional. It's, you know, I'll probably be trying to sound like, I used to try to sound like Lil Wayne when I didn't sound like Lil Wayne, and it sounded like three stacks. It was an accident. Who is? It wasn't Let me hear it. Give me a take. I, I don't know. I don't know if I can still do it. <laughs> Uh, the funky test stank on you, stank on you. Listen, I'm on my grits, I'm on my grits, and I'll be people come for pop, bitch. I gotta come and throw a really quick and pop your bitch because it, there we go. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was great. That was great. I'm about to say, I was just listening, I was just listening to Clemenai. And I love that run. I think that's Andre that does it, uh, where it's like, there's what I love about this group more than anything is there is no hip hop group like Outkast. They are the perfect mixture of gangsta and they are the perfect mixture of psychedelic. They're the per, I weird. mean, they're, they're, they're weird, okay. but it's, but it's, but it's not like too much. Whereas like hip hop now, all the guys are dressing a certain way and you're kind of like, eh. I mean, like I just watched, I was talking to big J Okerson about, um, about the Migos performance at the BET awards. And it was like, it looks like there's three kids, three brothers that are being forced to be on stage in weird outfits to, uh, because they have to impress their grandma and their mom and they didn't move. They didn't do anything. And outcast was the exact opposite of that. Do you know what you I mean? That is a good point to bring up between uh, the two different flavors that they have because I feel like Big Boy, I feel like Big Boy will cut you, and I feel like Andre, Andre will have the first A kid on deck. You know what I mean? Like that's like you'll get cut by you get cut, you get cut by Big Boy, and you get patched up by uh, by Andre Three Thousand. I think that's yeah, how, I think that's how they are. 
Big boy, big boy will release um, the dogs. Because, yeah, uh, and, and then uh, and then Andre will will be the one that's like, because you know, like big boy's got like pit bulls, and Andre three thousand has like like a dachshund, like a really cute like <laughs> like one of the doodles of some sort. Like he's got yo, that's my labradoodle. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what smashing Erica Badu will do too. <laughs> so, so, so take me back, take me back, like take me from the first moment you heard Outcast up into this record, and then what it did to you. So go ahead. It was called. It was me and you, your mama and your cousin too. Yeah, rolling on. That was that was the first song I heard from them. And then we we were in the car, right? It was me and my sister, and uh, I think it was her friend Nikki. You know, she was down for the weekend. Shout out to Nikki. She got kids now, so that's territory I will not go in. But <laughs> you know, um, we were in the car, and that part. It was the part where he would say Tom Bout. He was like, talking about, and like in Virginia, like that's how we said talking about. So we were all waiting for it, like right before the joint. They'd be like, shut up, talking about me and you. Like everybody would do that, man. So it was just a, it was uh, I think I was on my way up to, I was on my way up to Philadelphia. We were listening to it. So Outcast, Outcast definitely got away with, uh, <laughs> got away with permeating our ears in our in our household. I come just- from a, a strict Christian household. Yeah, I know. So, I know, because you wouldn't even say the title of the goddamn comedy jam when you did it. You were like, I, that was when I realized how Christian you were. I was like, this motherfucker, he won't say, you'll cuss, you'll say whatever. You even spell fuck, P-H-U-C-K. And I'm like. <laughs> fuck it. With a P-H. Yes. Fuck it. Yes. Um, so, wait, so, all right, so those, because with that, that Mama and My Cousin too. that's their first record, and then you have ATL Aliens, and then we have Aquemini, which we already did Aquemini. That was actually the first record we did on this podcast. They did it with Byron Bowers, who's from Atlanta, which, in my opinion, is kind of like Aquemini, and, and Morty, tell me if I'm right or wrong, because I know you know this shit. Aquemini is their revolver, where I think Skankonia is kind of their Sergeant Pepper. Wait, that, did you say Skankonia or Stankonia? I, meant, I, I said Skankonia, but I meant, <laughs> I meant your Stank, album. I meant, yeah, <laughs> I meant Skankonia. That's that's Big J's <laughs> album. Wait, am I wrong? Am I wrong about that I would comparison? Say, I would say I'll make I'll make this comparison. I would say uh, AT Aliens is Rubber Soul, and then I would say Stankonia is Revolver. Because that's where the where the ideas really start formulating, and then uh, speaker box love below is their Sergeant Pepper. Because I mean, it's almost their white album. Yeah, that's by a, that I point gonna... they were fragmented, and they basically yeah. both have their own albums. Yeah. So in that way, I'd almost say it's like the white album where you know. But yeah, yeah. no, I I mean I I just think that this because yeah. Equemini is so out there, it's so revolver. So tell me about so so Jay. So because I want to know you where it's like you hear Equemini which has got Rosa Parks, it's got a Quemini on it, it's got which is such a great song to clear a uh, a nightclub out at the end of the night. <laughs> That's such a good way to like be like, all right, it's time, the party's over, you need to start going home. They used to do that at Bar Baltimore. But then you have this. So so tell me about what it was like the first time you heard this, How you what do you experience, how different, whatever, just take me there. Now Rosa Parks. Now, 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 just jog my memory. Jog my memory. Sing a little bit of it because yeah, I know. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody move to the back of the bus. Hush that fuss. Everybody move to the back of the bus. I didn't know what the hell he was talking about at first. I was like, "Who the heck is he talking about?" And then looking up the song title, and yeah. it's saying Rosa Parks. I yeah. said, "And he got in trouble for that. He got trouble like, for that by by Rosa Parks' family." 
Yeah, yeah. I said that that's a pretty bold move right there. You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. ain't nobody ain't nobody out here making a song called uh, 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 Spray the Hoses. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> Oh, big boy did. When I found out, now I found out, uh, I, how old was I when I came? When Rosa Parks came out, man, I had to be... 95? 95. Oh, I was about no, to say. No, 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 no. It came out in 1990, either late Seven. 97 or 98. Because I, was I knew it. I was not. Hold on, hold on. Oh, no, I, saw, Quimini, right? Quimini. I saw, and I talked about this on the first episode, I saw... Uh, Outcast and Black Eyed Peas at the 930 Club, which is a, which is one of the best rock clubs in the in the world in Washington D.C. Both of them had live bands. Black Eyed Peas put on arguably one of the greatest hip hop performances I've ever seen. They danced. They had a lot. It was incredible. No Fergie. It's before, it's before ruined, Fergie. Right? I was like yeah. way before, dude. Because everybody, jams. everybody, everybody. Yeah, joints and jams. But that that first uh, Black Eyed Peas record was one of my favorite hip hop records up until that time. I put it up there with like with like Wu Tang under the thirty six and an award not a war tour but Midnight Marauders and so on. But Outcast comes out. They've got a full band, and I mean, he's wearing like big boys dress, like big boy dresses. Like at the time, it was probably like North Face and Fubu and shit like that. And and Andre Three Thousand is wearing pants made out of Muppets and no <laughs> shirt with like a blonde like Aunt Carol wig on, you know, with like a swirl. And they put on one of the greatest shows I've ever seen in my life. And the funny thing was, I still didn't get it. I liked them but I never fully realized how important they are until I've done this podcast. And really, to be honest with you right now in this moment, sitting with you and having gone through this record the last week where I'm like, Holy shit, dude, this, this is, this is important. This is good music. This is hip hop at the nth degree combining every, this fucking guitar solo in it. Like that, that rips in bombs over Baghdad. That's just as good. When they did that, when they did that, I think it, for me, it it like separated. It really separated them. You know what I mean? When that yeah. when Rosa Parks when that song hit, I was like, I was like, oh snap, dog! Like they're they're different. They are mm-hmm. different. And then and then after you hear um after you heard Sorry Miss Jackson and all of that, you like, oh these they on a different planet. You got yeah. you literally you got G Unit and P Funk and they crossed and they made a fuck they made a baby. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. Like P Funk. <laughs> And G Unit got in the room. Somebody's drink. Somebody put some Molly in somebody's drink, and then they had a good time. That's exactly. I to, but I have to say something though, dude. Neither Lloyd Banks or the other motherfucker cannot hold even a candle to Andre Three Thousand and Big Boy. I mean, wait, even, you mean you're not talking about Fifty? You talking you said, about no? G, no, Fifty's great. Fifty's <laughs> okay, great. Okay. But Lloyd Banks with straight butt cheeks, and then the other dude. Oh, I don't even remember oh, his freeway? name. The guy Who was that? The, no, the guy that Wait, keeps getting Young own, Buck and Louis Banks. Lloyd, Young, Buck, Young Buck, the one that keeps getting caught up with with uh, with uh, with uh, what are they? How do you say it? Trans trans women. He keeps getting caught up. You, you have to say, I mean, oh, guys, I'm sorry. I was raised uh, by the Beastie Pride Boys. Week. Happy Pride. <laughs> Anytime that happens now, I just I'll be like, yeah, the Caitlyn's, yeah, you know, yeah, the one that people getting called with the right? This is our last episode, guys. <laughs> I'm just saying, hey, 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 it was keep, fun. Keep you did a great forward. job, dude. We we'll have, we'll have to put that one in there, God dang it. Hold on, let me, let me get you Leave back. Leave it. Nobody, oh. nobody. Hey, I'm not asking you to do a Bill moment, Cosby impression either. <laughs> we might come out today. So Go I ahead, think Jay. at that moment when I heard Rosa Parks. When I heard that, that really, that really changed it up for me, and that yeah. just that defined them as a as as a different 
group because I remember, I mean, because the song before, like the like like me and you, I was like, that's cool, but I don't know what this is yet. When they came out with that rose and they had the, like you're saying, they had the guitar, they got fiddles, they got all different types of stuff in it. It's just, it, yeah. it was, it was, it was unheard of. Nobody had done anything like that. But besides like P-Funk and them, and they took all, they took their style and like contemporary, contemporary, uh, contemporary, made it contemporary. Yeah. So, well, what's funny is, is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I know more, you weren't really working on the show at that point, but, but, uh, George Clinton is on Equemini. He worked on that record with them and helped them write some stuff. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Gray Street. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. This one is a record that, you know, we'll be here. Why don't we, um, all right, Morty, hit us up. This is released on October 31st of 2000 on LaFace and Arista Records and produced by Earthtone 3, Organized Noise, and Carl Moe. Time it's out. How old are you? How old are you at this moment? Uh, 2000, Jay? 13. 13. Good, wow. good age. Whoa, 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 October, 30, age. October 31st, 13. <laughs> yeah. 13. Nice. All right, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so this is the fourth studio album by the Atlanta, Georgia Southern hip hop duo. East Point, Atlanta, Georgia, Tri-Cities High School students and aspiring rappers Andre Benjamin and Antoine Patton met at the Lenox Square shopping mall in 1992 when both were 16 years old. While still participating in high school rap battles, the two formed a duo that caught the attention of local production team Organized Noise, who we talked about on the TLC episode. So you can go back. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did they no rip doubt. them off? No, no, no. You'll see. This is pretty groovy. Okay. Andre dropped nice, his last name. Nice and choice of adjective. Hold on. Nice groovy, dude. You're taking us yep. back. All right. Go oh, on. That's, how, that's just how I speak. I know. And, wait, I know. and they were battle rappers? I didn't know they were battle oh, rappers. Oh, yeah. High school. They were still I in high school. Did, I didn't know that because I battle. I did. I battle rapped in high school, too. But I had, of course, my path led clearly to a different path. But, you know. <laughs> you never know. On, dude, Andre might be biting on you because he did everything. He's not stopping, dude. He's a force. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love I, I I love that. I love that. But I did not know they were battle rappers. I just can't oh, yeah. imagine them being in the... I uh, mean, I'm sure it's cafeteria stuff, like, you know, everybody's standing around and just throwing. Hey, man, when, when it all comes down to it, all black people used to freestyle back in the day, okay? That's just <laughs> what we did. Playing the dozens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Joe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with rhymes. Dude, That's all I don't it know is. I don't know if you guys ever heard George Washington Carver's dope verse about peanut butter, but that motherfucker crushed <laughs> it, dude. 
<laughs> so at this point, Andre drops his name, uh, drops his last name. Antoine adopts the name Big Boy. And after trying a few group names, including the Misfits and Two Shades Deep, they become outcasts. They, along with Organized Noise and slightly older local rap group Goody Mob, who you guys know featured CeeLo Green, who was the same Big age hip. as them, another school friend of theirs. <clears throat> they formed the Atlanta-based hip-hop and R&B collective, The Dungeon Family, named for the basement home studio where they all made their earliest recordings. Even before graduating high school, Outkast were the first hip-hop act signed by Babyface and L.A. Reid to their nascent LaFace label and made the debut appearance on a remix for label mates TLC. Hey, can I say this? Uh, that... The way that they did the studio, they named they they named the label they named the group after after the recording how they were doing that. Mm-hmm. I I had a recording studio too. Um, <laughs> I had a, a a flat screen television box and I had that over my computer yeah. and I poked I poked a hole in the back and put a black light back there and I had the computer mic um, taped to the side of it. Yeah, and literally, it was it was the most pause worthy thing because if. <laughs> If dudes wanted to rap, they had to get on their knees and spit into the mic. It was it was so freaking weird. <laughs> I mean, it was better than what I did for DeShekels, which was we had a beat disc with like 40 beats that were all about 22 seconds long. And if we had uh-huh. to loop those, so they were never on beat when the loop came back. We had a headphone. For a while, we were just, I don't know if you noticed, if you plug a headphone into a boom box, into the mic unit, it actually, you can wrap into it because it's literally just a microphone. That being said, then we've actually got a microphone and then we would hold the mic up to a Casio keyboard and play like the fucking, the, 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 the whatever the music was going to be over top of the beat and then rap like literally with our head like on the keyboard while somebody's playing it right next to it. And we have seven albums of that. So each album did, is about an hour and a half. Did, <laughs> so did each the album math. get better with time or did yes. it? Yes, yes, they time? did because we, we had Gazooks, Flight of Fear, right. Sassagrass, Buddha Tributa. Then we had our Sergeant Pepper, which was Sergeant Buddha's Smoky Bong Club Band. Then we just yeah. had DeShekel Six, and then we released uh, DeShekel's Dank Hits, which is a collaboration of all of them. I have them all in a cabinet right behind me. So what would your studio? What would your what would your group be called? <laughs> If you had that, your name, that oh, the, the studio is uh fuck. I mean, God damn, I don't even know. We never named it. Maybe we did in one of the rhymes. I don't know. I call it like, you know, uh, <laughs> mom's dad. House. Yeah. Dad's second bedroom. I don't know. Whatever. You know, it's, it was literally in my parents' house. Um, the Shackle studios, by the so, way, so was the dungeon. The dungeon was in mom's basement. Was that, it really? By the way, just like, yeah, that's where they first started recording. You see, uh, you see, my studio, our group would have been called Thoughts and Training, I guess, because you, <laughs> you, people say on their knees. You do, you do realize that you do realize that's an acronym that would be TIT. Uh, oh I'm shit, we would have been named. We would have been named Tits. That's kind of dope. We'd be like, yo, 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 yo Tits. tits yeah, you think Groovy is good? That's when I say this shit is the Tits. So yeah, Jay, yeah, we, we the Tits, homeboy. We the Tits. <laughs> squeeze off on you. Oh, that just sounds weird. Okay. I know, right? <laughs> keep keep us abreast weird. of your next joint. <laughs> so here we go. 
So before they even graduated studio, they were signed. I told you they were just they were signed on L.A. Reed and Babyface's label. Um, they were on the first thing they're on is the remix for Label Mates TLC. And soon their own debut, which heavily features the Dungeon family, is released to critical and commercial acclaim, platinum status, and a number one single on both the rap and R&B charts. With Outcast mainstream success, the Dungeon family's aesthetic mix of rap with heavy funk, soul, and R&B influences essentially established the new sound of Southern hip hop, with Atlanta taking over for Houston and Miami as the epicenter of the, of the movement. Up until that what, point, yeah. That's what Stacks. That's what Stacks got on stage, and he was like, "This the, the South yeah. got something to say." He walked off. Ninety-five. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Prior prior to the early '90s, the rap and hip hop industry was caught up in the excitement and money generated by the East Coast West Coast feuds, while paying less serious attention to the momentum building in the South via DIY mixtapes and independent release. That change after Outkast won Best New Rap Artist at the 95 Source Awards, which Jay just brought up, where amidst a flurry of booze, Andre accepted by saying, but it's like this, though. I'm tired of them closed-minded folks. It's like we got a demo tape, but don't nobody want to hear it. But it's like this. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. Each successive Outkast album allowed them the creative freedom to build on their willingness to explore new musical terrain and inventive production techniques while also evolving in their lyrical content and honing their unique voices, styles, and images. And that ability to expand their minds was reflected in their growing success. After Andre and Big Boy partnered with David, Mr. DJ Sheets, to form the Earth Tone 3 production company to produce their own tracks in 1998, they bought Bobby Brown's old studio, which they renamed Stankonia. <laughs> Following three previous- It probably portments. smelled like that already. It probably, oh, yeah, yeah, for real, Bobby. <laughs> Bobby, oh yeah. And by the way, he, they bought it in foreclosure. He, they were like, yo, Bobby, you got this. Like They used to hang out outside waiting for Bobby to show up to go see him. And then they went yeah. to another gig, big boy. They went to another gig and Bobby was there and they were like, yo, you studio. And he goes, you want it? <laughs> and they basically bought it for him because it was in foreclosure. Nice. So they Dude, got the is... studio. So dig this. So they're following the free previous uh, Pormento album titles. This combination of stank as in funky goodness and the mythical futuristic world Andre saw on a fractal poster he had up in his room, Plutonia, was explained by Andre as stankonia is the place I imagined where you can open yourself up and be free to express anything. And with mm -hmm. a new sound they described as slumadelic, they spent most of the following year in Stankonia working on this album, which is originally titled Sandbox. Big Boy and the newly self-christened Andre 3000 covered a range of lyrical subjects from their individual perspectives, including personal introspection, politics, the, the current Black experience and culture, parenthood, the state of hip-hop, and comparatively unique views on women that elevated them from just being one-dimensional video eye candy and sex toys. Mm. They also made a concerted effort to appeal to a wider audience and lighten the mood of their previous albums. And in that, they found the perfect combination of popularity and respect. Stankonia debuted at number two on the Billboard, Billboard 200. Only its, two. video, mm. its videos were in heavy rotation on MTV. It eventually went quadruple platinum, got them their first number one, as well as the Grammy for Best Rap Performance by a duo or group, and also won them the Grammy for Best Rap Album. They Man. followed this... Sorry, go on. Nah, I just remember, I remember in 2000, um, we were at a church. It, we, we, we got these church conventions we go to, right? And we were in the Bahamas. 
And the Bahamians, that's all they played was sorry, Miss. I'm telling all they played, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Who I am for real. <laughs> Never meant to make your daughter cry. I apologize. That song was huge. Five minutes later, sorry, Miss Jackson. Ooh, <laughs> the number one. That's the number one. That's yeah, that was, was their yeah. It went number one. It won them. It won them everything. I mean, it's basically still probably the after before. Hey, yeah, that's do, probably the one that like most people. The minute yeah, you put yeah. that on, nobody can go. You know. Do you remember the video with the cat with the oh the, with the dog with the animals done nodding? They just they, they were nodding. The freaking cat was singing. Ooh, I was like, yo, they it <laughs> must have been awesome. They must have been on some shit. Oh, Here's the cool on, thing about this. Andre actually gave up drugs as each progressive. He started getting cleaner and cleaner, became a vegetarian, became that's why there's a lot of you will get into this one. There's a lot of shifted perspective he had. Yeah, go bad, dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Trust. We get, we'll get into all of it. Uh, you By the way, you guys are easy. I'm older than y'all. I actually got this record from the record. I DJed forever. I got this record from the record pool from when, when they sent this out from Arista. So I got stacks of records, and this was one of them that I had on here. And I pulled it out, and I was like, because, you know, I knew of them, and I knew some, but I was like, huh. Turned it over, looking at the cover. I was like, oh, these guys are on one. So check it out. Um, they followed this with the wildly popular double album, Speaker Box, The Love Below, a few years later, and then Idlewild, the soundtrack to the movie, which is their sixth and final album to date, before taking a seven-year hiatus. Both Big Boy and Andre 3000 remained active in music individually and occasionally collectively, as well as branching into TV and movies. They won multiple awards, including four more Grammys, and have sold over 25 million records. And then one caveat to this, on the new list, this is now number 64. Yeah, dude, the new list is, is all I'm over the place, I'm just saying is they, that's how important this, in retrospect, 20 years later, whatever it was, 12 years later, it's jumped up to number 64, putting it near like Aretha and the Beatles and Bob Dylan. And so you can see how respected this album is. Listen, I am not saying that it shouldn't or shouldn't be higher or lower, you know, but out of the top 100 records ever made, I don't think this is, this is that. But... That's just me. I mean, this is an important record. This is yeah. an important, important, important record. I mean, it's it just, it really sucks that a lot of people really don't know about this. Do you know what I mean? This is like, Outkast is one of those bands that when they played Coachella and they headlined, people were like, who the fuck is Outkast? The super young people. They only that know- That was the really, reunion. That, I know, but that's what yeah. I'm saying is like, this is, this, this record did make me realize how important and how great they are. Um, and yet, I'm I'm telling you, it's like people still. You could put on an Outcast song, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, who is this? I've never heard it," and that blows well, my hey, mind. Hey, yeah, I think I think it's you. You can't dodge that one. All right, let's dive yeah. into this record. Wow. All right, so there's an intro, and then oh, it goes. Oh, I like the way you move. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that's all speaker box <laughs> one below, which is yeah. all which is like which is great. Uh, you know, and but that is like literally two guys making two separate records. Yeah. Do you know That's what I mean? Big boys and I think contribution. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, but the record, both of them are like are exceptional, exceptional. But this is probably this is their last actual dope collab. They were they were Drake and Future before Drake and Future. Yes. So they did. They, they got that double album. They got the songs. They did a whole they did a whole project like that. They didn't just do a little baby snippet. 
and do yeah. like a minute and some change and another person do a minute and change and put it together and call it a song. Oh, hell no. No, 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 no. They did a whole album like that. Yeah. They were the first. They all heard out. They all heard Outkast. Yeah. I know because I, I grew up with them. We about to, we about the same damn age. Yeah. They all heard out, Outkast. Outkast is in everybody's DNA. Yes. You know? um, Everybody, that whole Odd uh, Future Collective is the jump off from Andre's stuff. I agree. Yeah, I agree yep. with that. All right, let's dig in. Gasoline Dreams. I think this intro is the most outcast intro ever. Uh, go ahead and play it. This throws a rock and roll Molotov cocktail at the modern American dream and those who are kept out of it. And it, that includes politics, the police, and the menacing threat if a prophetic apocalyptic ending. Um, is there anything you want to add about this, Morty? Oh, yeah, man. So we already know they never shy away from, from uh, flaunting their inspirations, as we talked about. This record really tips its cap to the psychedelic acid funk of Parliament Funkadelic, like we talked about. I mean, it's almost maggot brain on the jump. You know, with that. Guitar. Do I remember? I'm just. Do, can I just? Do I just remember this? Wasn't that going throughout the whole? Like it would just every once in a while, I was just like. On this one, am I kidding? I think that's snapping and trapping. You think yeah, that's what snapping, snapping and trapping? I think it's that song that it does that. I'm not sure though. Okay, okay, so that's not that one. That's not that one. Okay, 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 cool. Yeah, this one. Yeah, I mean, this one. There's like so much Parliament Funkadelic, which we talked about. And this one, see, the thing is, this specifically sounds to me a lot like Sly and the Family Stone's uh, Disillusion Answer to Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. Their album, There's a Riot Going On, which also on the cover featured an altered American flag. That's the one that I saw a parallel with that, you know, where they really... Yeah, I mean, the dude to open a record was essentially with a rock and roll, sort of like, you know, with like guitars and stuff on the on the on the top of the record is, yeah. you know, pretty heavy. Yeah. Um, so I know, Jay, you've talked about this a lot, but it kind of seems topical uh, to the frustration of this song. So can you explain to the audience what happened with the LAPD? Um, I mean, I, was, I got I got wrongfully detained on April the 26th. What, last what, year what happened um, like because I, I, I was just running so i was i was exercising i was running down the street and i i had i got this thing called i used to use this thing called run tracker app which would really tell you to run for 20 minutes stop for two minutes run for 25 stop for two or whatever yeah so i was on arrest and it told me to stop right before i got the corbin inventory and as i'm passing over i'm walking over and i see a police officer i see a helicopter that first fly over my head but i was like i don't know what the hell's going on but you know, I'm innocent. I'm I'm not thinking anything of it. So I keep walking forward and I see the cops to the left of me. And um I had my I had my uh my no my uh Bose uh noise canceling phones on. Yeah. And like, freeze, get on the ground. And I was looking, I looked at him and I was like kind of looking to the side, like, oh shit, who they about to get? You know what I mean? Let me get my phone ready. You know what I'm saying? I'll be, be yeah, reporting yeah, yeah. this, you know what I mean? Being black in America. But nah, it was like, it was you, doing me? I was like, law abiding citizen, Jay Farrow? Like, I, I fill out the census report. Many blacks don't do that. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> so they get me on the ground. Dude gets me on the ground, right? Three more officers come out. They got their guns. And there's another officer in the front. Y'all couldn't see him on. He was, he was just, he was standing off, whatever. Gets on top, gets on top of me, puts a knee, puts a knee on the bottom of my neck puts me in cuffs at that point. I'm like, are you putting me in cuffs right now, homie? 
Like, son, I haven't even had cuffs on me in the bedroom. What the hell? Are you, you putting cuffs on me right now? And then as he's on me, the app says, run. I said, not again. Hilarious. That's real, that's real, that's real shit, yo. So oh. pull me up. He, he, he's talking to me. Hey, man, so where's your ID? I was like, oh, God, I don't have an ID because I'm in my neighborhood. I'm just running. Well, where do you live? I'm like, dude, what do, you really want me to tell you that? So you can show up to my crib and, and do I don't I don't trust you like that. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, well, well, uh, well, you know, um, we're going to have to we're, we have to what? I didn't do anything, man. I'm, I'm innocent. OK, we'll stay right here. It came back a few minutes later. Say you're not the guy we can let you go. Sorry. Well, my bad. Sorry about that. I'm like, yo, yo, it wow. was yeah. a total I'm, gratuitous, a total gratuitous situation, bro. I'm sorry to ask to this. How many officers and how many of them were of color? Um, it was, there were, it was a, it was a Japanese, it was a Japanese gentleman. It was a Hispanic gentleman. And then the other three were white guys. Okay. I just, well, I'm sorry. I mean, my dad had a, 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 we had a liquor store in Inglewood. It was my family's for 40 years or whatever. And there was so much, even before everything came out, I just, you know, my dad would come home because they didn't know we were Jewish because it was like a German delicatessen and stuff. And he would say stuff. And I'm not, I'm sure there are great cops in Inglewood and everything, but he would sort of tell us how people kind of talk when they didn't think anybody was listening, you know? So I, I really, I'm, I'm sorry. That's, that's hard. And especially this is right. This is after George Floyd. Yeah, yeah. He was in early June. And then the Ahmaud Arbery story came out right. a week after the thing had happened. It was, so that happened in March. And then Ahmaud, Ahmaud story came out and it was like, man, I'm just, yo, I'm just glad that I can Absolutely. hear because if I was if I was running through that situation and and oh, the cop yeah. had his gun and he was like freeze, I would have I would been resisting. I didn't even I didn't I wouldn't even known that he was you know saying yeah. anything. Yeah, holy I shit! Reaching for that. Even reaching for your phone, I'm bad. That's right. what you scared me when you said I reached for my phone and I'm like, oh yeah. no. Oh, man. I mean, man, I mean, I had the, well, luckily I had the, you know, the phone, I right. had the phone on me, whatever you saw, you saw. Cause you know how that is. Like he had a, he had a thing in his hand. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I can't, I mean, I was, yo, I was doing a movie. I was doing a movie in um, New Jersey. I just, we just wrapped it or whatever. I'm doing a movie and I went to the, uh, I went to the CVS cause I needed some toothpaste and a toothbrush. So it's late at night. I'm out there and I got it. And the dude was asking me when I when I when I got the shit, he was like, yo, do you need a bag? And I was like, no, nah, I could just carry it. But as I got outside and I saw like sirens, that there was a situation that happened, and I got this, <laughs> I got this Colgate sticking out of my pocket with this toothbrush. I'm like, damn, son, if if, if I don't even know if this is even considered if, if this gets seen, will something happen to me, yo? So it, I had it in my hand at first. I was walking and I was like, let me put this shit in my pocket real quick, you know? Yeah. And then oh let my. me put my arm over and keep walking because I don't want anything to get mis, uh, misperceived as, as a weapon and then just right. get, and then now I get popped. And I'm just like, that's number two. I say, you know, I don't want you that hear, to happen, man. You so hear the frustration in this song. It, Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. dude. Um, dude, thank you for it's being so, honest. It, I, it, I didn't know about that, to be honest with you. I, I just, we had talked, me and Morty had talked about it and he mentioned, he was like, now if he wants to open up and I appreciate you opening up because I just want to know, how has that changed your perspective of like the world? I mean, what were you before and how are you after? 
I was just, <laughs> was I black adjacent before? No, 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 never, never. Always, <laughs> always fully, always fully black, you know? Yeah. But I didn't have the, um, I just know and see how important it is and how much impact somebody's voice can have. So if you're going to say something and you are a public figure, you got to make sure that it's a, it's a message that can be digested by so many people. You can't just put out some bullshit. You have to, you have to say something it, like, like messages mess have to be there because you have a chance to cross over and touch so many different people, just like just like Outkast did with that yeah. album and the, frust- and the frustrations and the, and, the, and the fuel, the fuel that they had because they're like, yo, this isn't right because they were probably messed, they could probably got messed with on a daily basis. Yo, I could, I could definitely see that. In, in Atlanta? You said they're from oh, Atlanta, they're dude, Atlanta, right? Byron, from Atlanta. Byron tells me, Byron Bowers tells me stories about what it's like out there, what like yeah. just the amount of guns that the, his friends have, like just because it's for not just like for like an apocalypse, just for protection. protection. It's, it's, a, it's just a different world. I mean, it, dude, you know, it. you've lived in either Virginia, you've lived in New York and you've lived in Los Angeles. It's like these are these are these are towns where there is crime going on. And I'm not giving the police any kind of like leeway to, to means to like manhandle uh, an innocent person by any means. But it's like. It's just these are crazy towns, and that's where this kind of shit happens in Minneapolis. Like there are parts where that, where the George Floyd thing happened, is like it's it's you look at it and think it's all just like beautiful, like you know, it's always just white Viking people. But it's like no, there's there's rough areas on either side. But it doesn't mean that that the police or anybody can just you know do whatever the fuck they want. So yeah, man. I mean, you definitely help a lot of people. I appreciate you telling that story. I didn't know about it. Nah, nah, for sure, man. I mean, it's you know, it's. And like you're hearing, you're hearing me put punchlines in it and everything, but there was no, there was no punchlines when I was out there, bro. It was, no, it know. was, I was scared. You know, I, I, mean? I can and imagine. I can now imagine. Now it's like, even with that, I'm saying, man, it's, 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 it's definitely transformed me in that way, man. Just to, just to be like, I have to, I've got to say something, and it's got to be impactful. It can't be, it can't be loose. It has to be, it has to be lucid and clear. Yeah. And, um, and, and I want to do that now. I didn't, no. I didn't feel like that before. It was just like, ah, just be funny. Nah, dog, you got to say something, man. Say yeah. something. Yeah. Say you, know, something, you, you forget, you forget how, you know, being a person of influence and being, you know, an actor and, and a comic and being out there, it's like, you know, it, it does, it does help people and it does like people are listening. You know what I mean? It's so yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA Podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same so if that sounds cool you can listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com and i'll see you there all right let's move on let's move on lighter subject lighter subject 
so fresh, so clean. Oh, a song yeah. oh. that, what a weird, it's like, all right, very special episode. And now, all right, here we go. This is a song that changed post-shower, going out on the town Instagram posts forever. <laughs> um, with vocals by singer Sleepy Brown, who is one third of the production team, Organized Noise. This third and final single samples Joe Simon's Before the Night is Over and Funkadelic's I'll Stay. Uh, this song is all swag no skag this is the best part and i feel like this part right here is what makes outcast uh fully original all right go ahead and play it just that little call and response is i mean i'm not saying they created it whatsoever but it's so outcast you know uh any thoughts on this anything you want to add to this jay or this song what it feels to you what you love about it i mean it's like you're saying man it's like it's totally it's like a song where it's like, all right, I'm gonna mess them up tonight. As you say, if you're about to go to the, you know what I mean? You're about to get up, you're about to go to the club, you put on something fresh. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah, I'm about to, I'm about to mess them up tonight. And turn yeah. that outcast <laughs> on back. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's it is it is like I mean, I've seen since Instagram and Snapchat and everything started, I've seen uh, there's at least if you click on the song on TikTok, I bet there's a there's two billion. Two Even billion the- people have used it. Even the most dirty people that have, when they take off their shirts, the, the white shirts, they got the little ring around the collar. Even yeah. they play it. <laughs> the dirty, the dirty, dirty. Uh, you got play it. And they will feel got, clean. It's a clean feeling song. When you turn it on, it's almost like the AC comes on in the room. You ain't even have AC in your fucking room. You, it's, it's a room with no AC, all right? All of a sudden, you look, you either got central or you got a, you got a bad boy hanging out of the window. It's cold now. <laughs> it's nice and cold. I, I, I love that track. I remember I was, in, uh, I was in ninth grade, and there was this kid named uh, Matt Rodriguez. Yeah. Uh, they called him Mela. You know what I mean? But he was always, his name was Mela, but he was always dirty. He, looked, he didn't look, he never looked fresh. But that's, he was singing that song, and I said, yeah, keep hope alive, you dirty son of a bitch. <laughs> you dirty <laughs> son of a bitch. Uh, shout, so out more. shout out to Matt if you hear this. I, that's all a joke. That's all he up. wants to hear. He's like, dude, I was dirty? I was the dirty dude. I was the dirty dude? He's just realizing wanna, it right now. You never want to be the dirty kid. You don't want to be the kid from Peanuts, Pig Style. Yeah, with Pig Style. Yeah. <laughs> Angelo, you, my butt. My my buddy Angelo used to say when I first started comedy because I was still I've always just kind of kept that grunge like film on me. I'm very clean, but the, I'm the you, I mean like soaps, lotions, all the good shit, all the good shit. But like, but because of the clothes, it's just I like that like that beat up look. It's like like Angelo say he's like, dude, you could pull up into the comedy store and roll out of the back of like a trash dumpster, like like a what do they call them, like a trash can fucking what do they call it what, what drives garbage, a garbage garbage truck, truck. thank you <laughs> and 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 he's like and you could still get laid and i'm like all right well i'm a dirty motherfucker i guess i'm the dirt i'm me and matt we're hanging out later um, you had that jack sparrow thing going on yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> like that's like that's what it is like is it you know he's like oh he might have scurvy he might not you know he just you know he look, i've he seen his legs he got scurvy dude i fucking love you 
That was Jed. That is, oh man. I'm, journey I'm legs is jervy, man. I'm a Mumford and Son. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey. Oh. All right, Morty, what do you got? Yeah, so got? this, so, so even though this is like really popular and even in clubs, it's like had like a certain cachet, it was only moderately successful. It peaked at number 30 and it took it's 20 years to go platinum. This crazy. Is, yeah. Crazy. But it did get an official remix featuring Snoop Dogg. So, I mean, that's everything that's got an official remix high. featuring Snoop Dogg. I heard he uh, Barry he Gibb, Barbara Streisand <laughs> doing guilty with Snoop Dogg. So, yeah. <laughs> and you got nothing? I got nothing to be guilty of. <laughs> I got nothing playing. <laughs> I got it. Wow, wow, yeah. wow. But murder was a case they didn't give me. Uh, ooh, <laughs> good one. Goodness. Riff of the podcast. Riff of the podcast. Actually, Jack Sparrow, Riff of the podcast. I'm going to give that to Jay so far, but we got we got eight more songs. Word. All right, let's get it. Well, all right, how quick can you answer this? Because I got some other stuff I want to ask. Um, as fast as you can think, because we always ask all our guests this, what was the first thing you bought when you first made some real money? <laughs> the first thing I bought when I first made some real money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I bought a shirt. That's what I did. I bought a shirt from <laughs> Steinmark. That's oh, I was right. Say, go, I got a... Go, Gordon Gartrell. <laughs> no, like I, I was uh I was working there and I got a discount. That was my first that was my first job. I was making some money and I I went and got a shirt. I had a nice a nice green checkered shirt. Yeah, that's right. Prep life, bitch. I'm from the burbs. What? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Let's they can't send it, motherfucker. You know. All right, let's dive into Miss Jackson. Uh, oh, yeah. Do I want to play it? Yeah, I'll play it because it's, it's the best. I know, I know, Morty. Me and your daughter got a special thing going on. You say it's puppy love. We say it's full grown. Hope that we feel this, feel this way forever. You can plan a pretty picnic, but you can't do this. That is so good. So with an intro dedicating to the baby mama's mamas, the second single was an apology written to the grandmother of Andre's son, Seven. Great name. Great name. Of course, is that- Seven's mama is, is singer Erica Badu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. According to Andre, I probably would never come out and tell Erica's mom, I'm sorry for what went down, but music gives you the chance to say what you want to say. And her mom loved it. She's like, this is the best part. She's like... Where's my publishing check? Oh, <laughs> Granny is killing it. She, you know, she's got some. She's got some cool headdress, just like fucking Erica Badu. I bet um, she don't. <laughs> dude, Erica Badu is my queen. Is my queen. When she did the fucking versus uh, Jill Scott during the pandemic, I like cried throughout it because it was so beautiful. Like I love Erica Badu. I've always liked her. This is the first time I heard her. Uh, I love, and this is what I think I love about this song so much is like, this is an apology. This is not normal in hip hop. You know, it's like, it's very few. This is like a dear mama from Tupac. Mm -hmm. This is a very special song. And maybe, you know what? Maybe that is why it went down to number 69 because something like this, that changes the chemistry of hip hop. This changes everything. It's no more braggadocious because that's on here. This is love. This is, I'm sorry that I, you know, whatever, I don't know what went, do we know Morty what went down? Well, he mentions infidelity. He mentions, you know, there's, I mean, like you said, man, this is, this is groundbreaking in the big picture. First of all, just the concept, I'm apologizing to your mom for how shit went down with your daughter, but also I'll be there on the first day of school. I mean, that's, 
you know, and I don't mean, and I, I just, I am such a white person talking right now and I should shut the fuck up. But with what we know about how things are framed around black culture mm -hmm. to say, I'm coming up and I'm going to take the place of the father that I'm not going anywhere and everything. Well, yeah. That's, was, I mean, yeah. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was actually coming out and taking responsibility, claiming his faults, in the song and then saying, hey, that doesn't mean that we can't still work this out. And you're right, been, there wasn't a lot of that rap at that time. There wasn't, because I remember yeah. during that movement, 2000, it was like, it was like you're saying, it was the braggadocious who was cash money, bling, bling. Yeah. Jay-Z was Jay-Z, yeah, I got my ice on. <laughs> and then 50 Cent and all of them, like it was around, I think, well, 50 came out in 2003. No, this is all, still, this is, yeah, this was, is all that. Out. This is all that coming off No Limit. You're coming off yeah. the 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 late '90s like Wu Tang craze, and then you have this yep. is Nelly. This is all that. Well, Nelly may be like 2000 and no, Nelly was 2000. You I had a DJ lot of hoes. You had Luda. You had Luda, and you had like you had like that sort of like a lot of the ho stuff still. Drop it. Like a lot of that still going on. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of ludicrous, I just gotta I gotta make another um Atlanta Atlanta rapper who is who is fantastic and phenomenal, but his album for back for the first time that was the first hip hop album I owned. That was the first one I was able to get because my my parents were strict. I remember I just, I just had to make a mention of this. It's because we going back down memory lane and everything, but I that song number two. Too many bitches, not enough hope on back for the first time. Yeah. I used to play that joint like loud. And then one day my dad walked in the room and I was like, hey, Pop. He was like, hey, man, no, 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 play. He was like, what you, what you oh, listening and to? He was like, yeah, right. And he was like, I wanna lick, 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 lick you from your head to your toes. And I wanna move yeah. from the bed down to the down to the floor. I wanna. Literally. <laughs> Literally, as the song, like the, the words are coming up, I'm trying to mute myself for Ludacris, but you can't mute a goddamn nah. CD. It wasn't an edited version. You know? <laughs> it was like, too many niggas, not enough. Yeah, oh, right. too many. Yeah. What the fuck is Oh, uh, dang, it's ludicrous. <laughs> uh, he's like, he it is ludicrous. This is ludicrous. It he's is. Like, ludicrous that you're listening to this, son. He, he probably thought you were like, you were like, I'm just, I'm like, I'm just, it's ludicrous. And he's like, it is ludicrous. And you're like, see, we see how yeah. I, I'm yeah. going to break this in half right now. <laughs> That's why yeah. I bought it just to destroy it. He took it. <laughs> he, he took it and he, uh, he took it and he put a, he put it in his room and then, um, <laughs> I remember because it was a burnt CD because I burnt it for my friend. I burnt. Remember when you used to burn shit? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, dude. I burnt oh, yeah. the hell out of it. And um and and when he had it in his room, he had it sitting there. I swapped it out for a blank one. And then when he leave the house, I play it loud as shit. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. So this yeah. became the first number one and won the Grammy for best rap performance by a duo group. Now I really like this segue because we talk about you know let's talk about the mother of everything. Okay, you were on SNL for six seasons, and we've had Keckner and Jay Moore and Brooks Whelan and Shane Gillis and Harry Shear. I mean, we've had so many people from SNL and talked about their audition process. So I want to ask you, what was yours like? Um. Well, <laughs> it it was funny, man, because. I think it was six months before I got the job in 2009, like at the end of the, it was like December, 2009, or um, they were, you know, they were, they were talking about maybe doing a mid season replacement. And like, I remember Josh, um, Josh Pearl was my agent at the time. He was trying to get me in there. 
and then they and then they kind of pulled back. They were like, you know what? We're gonna wait until next season. Maybe you can come in an audition next season. I said, mm-hmm. all right, cool. So we had to put together another audition tape because I put one together for the first for the first one. We put together another audition tape. Um, they called me in there about August. This was August 2010. Yeah, they called me in there, and um, I did six impressions and two characters. The characters I did, which never made it on the show, one was Chuck Obama. It was Barack Obama's subconscious. <laughs> uh, that was, yeah, this was before the anger translator. This was before Key and Peele did the anger translator. You know what I mean? And it was, uh, the other character was uh, Barnabas Dunkley. It was a, it was a 30, a 30-some-year-old black Jew who still lived with his mom that was trying to sell um, Microsoft uh, office equipment from 1990. It was like so fucking obscure, right? Yeah. Never made it on. Six impressions. Did Jay-Z, I did Jay-Z as, I don't remember what I did. I did Stewie. I don't remember what he did. I remember Will Smith was a tour guide. I remember Eddie Murphy was in a library. I remember Chris Tucker was in an insane asylum. And I remember I just did a normal Barack Obama, just uh, just addressing just addressing the nation. Yeah. And after I got yeah. off of that stage, the dude that was recording it, he said that was one of the best auditions we've had. And I was wow. like, really? Because I mean, because you hear- They don't laugh. You, you they know. don't laugh, right? They don't yeah, laugh. That's why everybody says laughs, they don't laugh. It's just well, I heard I heard last, but it was just pockets. It was it was uh it was in pockets. Oh, and I did Denzel's trainers, tra- Denzel Washington at driving school. That's what I did. That probably that's what that one got me the job right there. <laughs> yeah, your Denzel is wow. phenomenal, bro. Can I can I just ask you two really just really quick thing? You you toured with Charlie with Charlie Murphy, right? Yes, is I it did. true that he was? Is it true that he was? Everybody says this. Even Eddie, I think, says that he was like the funniest guy ever. Oh, yeah. He's funniest. Yes, he was funny as shit. Just the stories that this man had that he was able to uh that he was able to color and just bring to life. Like I wish he would have got a chance to do that, that stand-up special. You know what I'm saying? I don't know, I don't know if he ever really really figured out transitioning all of that stuff that he would talk backstage onto the stage because when he got on stage it was like he was trying to perform it it was like nah man only thing you got to do is get up there and just and just talk about that shit and just make it as real as you're making it to us right now because Chappelle damn, used man, to yeah and, Chappelle and, utilized him perfectly yeah so you Chappelle know? knew that's what Chappelle had to eye Chappelle Chappelle could decipher what was really good in that and be like, yo, this has to be talked about. And we can, and then we're just gonna bring it to life visually through a ske- through a sketch. That's how we're gonna do it. Only thing you need to do is talk, you know? Yeah. And you know, I but he his last before, you know, God, God rest, God rest his soul. And, and that was that was my uncle, that was that was my mentor. You know what I mean? He freaking told me that I had the same chops his brother had. He literally, the man said that to me. And I was like, that's that's big. He said, nah, man. Yo, I live with this nigga. Like, I used to live with this nigga. Like, you, got same, you got the same chops as this nigga does, man. Just let you know, man. Wow. <laughs> that rest is rest his soul. You could came him, dude. For a second, I was like, did it freeze again? I was like, no, that's how Charlie Murphy looks at you. That's how Charlie Murphy looks at a motherfucker. You you remember Charlie would be buffering oh. for a second. He'd look, he'd be buffering. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be sitting there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's right, man. That's what you're supposed to do, nigga. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had another question, right, Morty? Yeah, the no? other thing I just want to ask is because you, you are, I mean, I came up, I'm older, so I came up in like the 70s where there were oppressionists like Rich Little, Fred Travelina, yeah. like John Biner, these guys that we sort of know forever. Mm-hmm. You are so gifted. I, I was first put on to you by your impressions. You are so gifted. Like that was the breakout. Your Obama really broke you out. But I like had friends that went, you have to see the new dude. Like, like Denzel, he tears shit up. And then I was like, you know what must be hard is you must come up with something like you see whatever and you go, oh, I, I just nailed that. But then I go, every time you come up with something, you have to write material that is as good as your impression or else, yep. you know what I mean? So like, is that, a, is that a hard, is that hard? Like you're going up, like I got to do 15 minutes tonight and I got an incredible Denzel, but now I got to write as good as my impression is of Denzel to it really was- make this funny. It was harder. It was harder when I was younger because I was just so used to, I was like Jim Carrey, yo. Like that's that's all I did was was just do the voices. I had I had a couple of bits here and there. I had one that really popped me off on the internet. It was this Cameron and Dipset bit I did. And I was saying all they do is nursery rhyme. It got me over to, to the UK. It got me to it got me to 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 Canada and uh, it got me in the New York stand-up scene or whatever. But but now I feel like it's just, I mean, both. You gonna get both now. Like I hit you with a, I'll hit you with a good joke. I won't even, sometimes some shows I don't even do impressions. I just wait. I'll just be like, wait and see at the end. After I end the show, I'll be like, was there anything you all wanted to hear that you didn't hear? And then, <laughs> nice. that's, what people, and then that's what people will be like, oh, I want you to do this. Crazy. And then I'll do a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's always, it's always, it's always a Jay-Z or a Kevin Hart or a freaking Will Smith or a Denzel or a DMX or a freaking Chris Tucker or Bernie Mac. If I keep going, we will be here for the next four hours. Me just telling yeah. you how many impressions I have, you know, <laughs> but that's incredible. But it's something I thought it was like the pressure, having that pressure being younger I just feel like it really, it really just made me dig deep and go into levels of myself. Just like my first special was like, yo, I had to rip that, I had to rip that comedian off to the point where now people will see me and they'd be like, yo, you're not even the same comedian. I'm like, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've lived, yeah. I got some booty, you know, I, <laughs> I woke up, <laughs> I smelled it. You know what I'm saying? So I just think, I, I think it was it was harder before, but now it's just now it's whatever, man. Yeah. It ain't hard no more. It's yeah, just, dude. I it's just incredible. do it. So so I wanted yeah. to say to finish the thing about the SNL, how how did you get yeah. the call? How did you find out? Uh well, what funny thing is, uh, so three weeks after I did my audition, because I waited three weeks, you know, waited three weeks. Um, I got a call from Lauren Michaels and I missed it. Oh, oh wow. I missed his call. Yeah, and I was like, oh, the, the nerve of this, this Virginian, this fucking kid from Virginia <laughs> yeah. missing this established New Yorker Canadians call. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. This, is, this is crazy, right? So um, I called the office back and they said, Lauren tried to call you, wait by your phone, right? And so I'm waiting by the phone for like an hour. And I was like, yo, F this. I, call, I called the office back and Lauren picked up. And he was like, he said, Jay, uh, we believe you're very talented and um, we know you're going to work hard and um, welcome to uh, welcome to New York. This should be a very exciting call. <laughs> I put the phone down. I was like, hold on, man. 
Yeah, dude. I said, yeah, uh, yeah, it is a very exciting call. You know what I mean? Uh, and I'll see you. I will see you in New York, sir. All right. Take care. <laughs> Click. I said, hey, ma, ma. Oh, wow. Y'all can walk around naked again. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I it's love amazing, it. Man. How old are you? I was 22. Oh, wow. oh man. Being yeah. in New York, 22 years old, you know, yeah. having coming from like a, a really religious, well, you weren't like, I wouldn't say you were, you weren't say you were suppressed, right? But I mean, now it's no, like. No, no, no. I mean, I, I definitely dabbled in my devilry. You know sure, what I'm saying? For sure. Yeah. But now you're in New York, which is like the city that never sleeps, you know, and you're on the, you're on the show. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. When I first got the show and the reason I probably got the show is because me and my ex had a fight. We we had a fight right before the audition. We had a fight, and I was like, "Oh, you, oh word, you gonna break up with me? I'll show you." And I just got, I got <laughs> in that room and I, I fucking nailed it. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So shout out to her. Shout hey. out to her and Matt the Dirty Guy. <laughs> Big up to Matt the Dirty Guy. Isn't she with Keenan now? So, <laughs> but I had a. I was in a, I was, I was with her for like, I was with her for like four years. So, you know, that first half of my SNL career, oh. I ain't do nothing, Jack. I was, nice. I was faithful. I didn't yeah. do shit. But you're, you're, that second half, at yeah, 22, dude, we broke up. <laughs> yeah, dude. God bless the second half. Second half is always better. Second half is always better. It's the only, it's the only half you got to watch in basketball. It you is. don't got to watch the first half. First half is boring. You know imagine I mean? the water boy. And just imagine how they were down at the half and he came yeah. back. The water boy came back and I watered everything that I could water. <laughs> I really, I did. Them numbers, them numbers was like the Dow Jones. Them shits was going, them shits went, them shits fight. Fuck it yeah, went up. Dude. It was like the stock market numbers. Them shits was shoot. I said, God dang, I can't keep them off me. Shit. Fuck yeah. Uh, and, right. and I was on 42nd. I was on 42nd between 11th and 12th. I had the high rise with a as soon as as soon as you walked into my uh my apartment, you could see the Hudson and it was beautiful. Yeah, oh, 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 oh. I had many people changing their minds. They weren't gonna smash at first. Nah, I'm on my issue. I had a girl walk in. She was like, "Nah, just put a towel down. We'll go to work." I said, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's real it. talk, bro. Hey, man, oh, thank real. you for being honest. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the one-hit thunder or were nothing more than a one-hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. All right, um, let's mention, I'll mention Snapping and Trapping. So this features the debut of another native Atlanta Dungeon member, Killer Mike, who I love Killer Mike oh, so yeah, much. Oh, yeah, I love Killer Mike. God, shout out to Killer Mike. I love what he's doing at Run the Jewels. It's an incredible, incredible group. I want to get to Kim and Cookie because oh, there's yeah. a lot of sketches on here, but this is the best one. Uh, I just want to play this one little part. I got it in right. Dick, so shout. Shout. Came quick. <laughs> He got heels. I ain't get mad. I'm like, fuck. 
You know, you talking all this goddamn shit, and you ain't shit. You don't got you a motherfucking minute, A minute, man. motherfucking man. But it's all good, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I, I just, that's the best sketch. It reminds me of Byron Bowers so much. And, I mean, that's, I know that sketches aren't, like, as popular as they were, but, I mean, every record... For for years, it was just all like one song sketch. I mean, this is like this this album is like. I mean, I mean, how many sketches are on here? There's more? like seven or eight. Like yeah, I was dude, saying, and they're like all great. Record, they're yeah. all great, dude. And I like what you wrote here, Morty. This definitely deserves an animated music video. I would love to see something that is so true. All right, let's get to Bob because this part right here. Wait, really wait, 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 wait. Go ahead. Was that the same album where the girl was like, "It's cold, it's cold." It's cold, cold, cold. And then you hear, bitch, get up on that blow, break. Is that is that, that one? Yes. You know what I'm is. talking about? You know what sketch I'm talking about? Yes, 100%. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I thought 100%. so, I thought so. That's, yeah. All right, let's, so get, to, let's get to, let's get to, let's get to B.O.B. Let me get, I got two parts I want to play. Cause this, I feel really showcases just how good Big boy really is. Record number four, but we on the road. Hold up, slow up, stop control. Like Janet, planet, stay on the Azonia. Moving like floor, come straight to Florida. Lock on your windows and block the quarters. Put it up on bail, cause the women's in order. Like a three-piece dish for I cut your daughter. You can't talk on bail, then I hit the border. Pity pad rapper trying to get the five. I'm a microphone being trying this, to stay alive. Uh, so there's so much about this that I love. This is both of them at the top of their game. I love the tempo because it's like an attack on your system right from the beginning. I love that there's a fucking guitar solo and then Honest to God, this is one of the hottest parts of the song. The ending is just so incredible. I mean, it's this is this is a song in movements. This is a song in movements. They break it down. It is every part is, is equally as important, and it gets better and better as it goes along. According to Andre, this first promo-only single got its title when he was on tour in London. He explained this news reporter. She said something, something, and bombs over Baghdad. It sounded good. I knew I could use it somewhere. Musically inspired by both the energy of the growing electronic rave scene. That's 100% true. And... And this is exactly what I wrote when I was when I was about to say the urgency of Rage Against the Machine. The record company originally wanted a ripping guitar solo to be played by Kid Rock. What? Kid Rock? Kiss my ass. But Andre deaded that for fear <laughs> of Kid Rock's celebrity overshadowing the song. Uh, so, so my story of this is I was a private party DJ when from 2000 to 2006, I DJed weddings, bar mitzvahs, middle school dances, high school dances, everything. When this song came out and I put it on, it crushed. If I dropped this song at like a middle school dance, it started a riot. Like the kids started fighting. They started like partying. They were jumping up and down. Uh, people died. So uh, never forget November 12th, 2000, three people <laughs> Brutally trampled the Shapiro at, at, at the Herndon uh, Middle School dance. Uh, we planted a tree. It was a whole thing. Um, <laughs> do you have any thoughts on this or or anything that you want to add to how great this is, or or if you dislike it, I don't know. Who you talking me? me oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I loved it. I just until you explained the title, I didn't know why they called it "Bombs Over Baghdad." Except the only imagery that came to my head 
but it sounds like it it does. It sounds like explosions. It's it's a it's just calamity back and forth. It's calamity on beat, which is which is beautiful. You catch calamity on beat, son. DMX did it perfectly. You can catch calamity on beat. It's good, and I think perfectly they did that. And then I just remember the classic. When I used to, when I used to, when the, when the commercial used to come on and this album drop, you would see three stacks like this, and you you see him like this with his perm and shit, and you see Big Boy, Big Boy was sitting there looking. I was like, yo, this, so I just I just remember, I love this song. I yeah. I loved that song. It this is a this is a best. strong highlight. One of the this best. is a strong, strong, strong highlight. I love that you mentioned DMX, um, which you and I. We're very, very lucky to be able to work with DMX uh, on my TV show, The Comedy Jam. Uh, and I mean, he was everything that everybody says. He was a genius. He loved energy, loved it more than anything. Um, did you ever keep in touch with him after that performance or like did that just end that night? We followed each other and we would, and there was retweeting of things, but he told me that night, I remember because my pop, my pop was there. He was like, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo, I fuck with you. You know? I was like, <laughs> I was like, why? He was like, man, because like honest, honestly, man, you got your pop here, man. You got your fucking, you got your dad here, man. You got your dad here. I don't even have a dad, man. But the fact that you got your father here, I feel like my daddy's here too. You know? And I was like, I said, thanks, Pop. Cause originally he won't even both show now, but he was gonna come with me, but but it was it was a moment. He would be the man was being real and naked at that moment. He's like, "Yo, I never had my pops with me, and there was nobody." And it was like you saw it in his eyes. It was like a sadness. Like, "Yo, I wish I would have had that." And now, but but you got him here, so we gonna celebrate. And like you're saying, he was just all about all about celebrating life. But I don't know if you remember, he he snuffed me on stage by accident. I don't know if you remember that. I don't remember. No, explain. It was in the promo. He just hit me by accident. He was just like. <laughs> He was like, what? And was like, yeah. I was like, that was an accident. I would hate to get hit by this man intentionally, because good God. You, you remember, Jay, you remember, like, we had to delay the recording of your song by, like, at least an hour because he wouldn't come out of the dressing room because he, until he prayed, and he got, I guess, I got drunk and high enough. Um, and then Mike yeah. Duffy, my executive producer, said, because he's finally, we started the song, you went up, and 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 we finally got him out to, we're walking him up to the stage, and literally he grabs a mic, about to walk on stage, and he turns around to Duffy and he goes, what song am I doing again? And they're like, party <laughs> up. He goes, oh, okay. And then he just went right into the party. It was like... It was kismet. And then uh, obviously, you know, because you experienced it, it was incredible. And in my opinion, it was one of the best fucking things that we did in yeah. that taping. That, your performance, and Burt Kreischer with Scott Stapp were my two favorites. So yeah. it was yeah. so great. Uh, Morty, is there anything you want to add to the absolutely. song? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Zach De La Roca returned the favor on Stankonia's 20th anniversary record last year. He covered this song. So I like how that's a circle. Yeah. By the way, I could never play this. I when I DJed this, you could play it a little bit, but the energy of this, there was nothing else you yeah. could play this with. I mean, talk about talk about hearing like rave culture and going, oh, I can fuck with this. Back then, like, what did you play this with, Bob Sinclair? Yeah. Like, what could you play this with that was matched in hip hop? There was like nothing there's else. Nothing. You had to go halftime. Nothing. If no, you, there's nothing. And um, if you didn't. 
if you didn't play it, if you didn't play it, if, if you couldn't match it with anything in hip hop, you damn sure could match it in the bedroom because you could get some gnarly pumps off of that oh, guy. Oh, dude, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find we'll find out later. <laughs> All right. I got to mention, I got to mention, got to mention Explosion. It's the best beat on the record. Uh, Peter, play uh, 19 seconds of it. Hello, I used to always try to do a joke, me and my buddy, about Be Real's voice. What if Cypress Hill did like a nursery rhyme album? So it'd be like, I said, like, I said the crit cross applesauce, spiders crawling up your back. And then like the other dude would be like, spiders crawling down your back. I mean, it's terrible. It never worked on stage and it still never will, but I find it hilarious. Let's get to We Love These Hoes. Best and catchiest hook on the whole record. So funny for a group to have a song apologizing to a baby mama and then be like, but we fucking love these hoes. That's why they had to apologize. Um, So this features Big Boy and Dungeon Family members, Big Gip and Backbone. I love Big Gip. But like Snapping and Trapping, Andre isn't on this. Oh, and feels like it might have been because of the song's humorously pimp-handed proximity to the more typical hip-hop reduction of females. Wow. Uh, that makes perfect sense. Really good, really, really good assessment of that. Um, anything you want to add to this? Because it's great. I mean, I, I feel like you kind of have to have this on the record because it's it's big boy. This is big boy. Yeah. When you played that song, see, I didn't even know that. I hear a lot of songs and I, I got to hear it a little bit. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that track. And I and I remember saying to myself, wait, why isn't Stacks on this? Like, what, like what happened? Like, why, is, why isn't he doing it? But then... When I hear ha ha ha, I love these hoes. It's it's such a jubilant, it's a jubilant um admitting of being ratchet. And I love that. You know what I'm saying? It's so it's it's a it's a good way, it's a good way to glorify your bad shit. That's what it is. Hey, hey, my ha ha ha, we love these hoes. Like yes. somebody, somebody yeah. was like, ha ha ha, I love opioids or some shit like that. Even though they don't <laughs> that's, that's my version. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said that's your version. That's yeah. my version, dude. That's yeah. uh, I'm dude. Proud sponsor of the 500 Fentanyl, yeah. everybody. Fentanyl proud sponsor, not well. anymore. But I mean, you know, if I'm trust me, if I ever get cancer, I'm like, fuck yeah, <laughs> delauded. Yes, <laughs> it's terrible. I just think to say, it but... also, it's also a a a super um, it's also a super call for the South because like hoes and shit, like uh, in New York. New York, it was more people like, yo, F these bitches. And in the South, they were like, yo, where them fucking hoes at, bro? Like, so it was it was that personification, too, of the Southern voice. That's the for, Southern charm. Um, for yeah. the admiration. Yeah, that's, right. but you, you know got, it, being from got, Virginia, it's the same thing. It's like, dude, we're, there's, you know, Virginia's for lovers. That's the fucking, that's like the tagline. Virginia is for lovers. And yeah. the South is a very romantic area. The gentleman caller, the whole, you know, why don't you go ahead and fix me one of that delicious glass of your mama's lemonade. Oh, thank you so kindly. Like, it's very, it's very it like, it's, 
Yeah, in a mason jar, they wear the nice clothes. You know what I mean? It's 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 different there. And New York is rugged and raw, and and everything that we've learned from the hip hop of that we've done so far, Nas. It's it's fucking the streets of war. You know what I mean? With the South, there yeah, there's war going on, but there's class to it. Yeah, right. I like antebellum, antebellum rap with this up here. Yeah, that's the that's uh yeah. I mean, I'd say like you know the thing about this one is the contrast because. Of this era, just to put this in, just to, well, I'm gonna put this in, in some context. This is when area codes comes out. You know what I mean? This is, there's a certain, yeah. there's a level of stuff that, you know, I got all these hoes and these area codes, you know, and this and Snap and a Trap and some of these other ones, so that it's not just like, hey, big boy was over here doing this. And then, cause the contrast on this is that, you know, Ms. Jackson, we talk about Ms. Jackson, like, you know, uh, Toilet Tisha uh, with the Toilet suicidal Tisha. pregnant, yeah, suicidal yeah. pregnant teenager. <laughs> There's ghetto romance on Slum Beautiful, on Slum Beautiful, even the talk, you know, even like I'll call before I come, which is the Southern gentlemanly thing we talked about, about waiting for a girl to get hers. You know, <coughs> there was like a nice contrast between, ah. you know, <laughs> between them on this record. So, you know, it's still very well-rounded and a lot of attention paid to females. Wait a minute. Can yeah. I just, I just got to do, I'll call do before I come. I won't yeah. just pop it over at the, <laughs> no, after you. I <laughs> love it. That shit. I, I, I've, I learned how to be a, a non-selfish lover because of Outcast. I mean, you know, think about this prior to 2000, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 18, 19, 20. I don't even think I even knew what a female orgasm was at that point. I just cared about mine. And then you hear something like, like this and you're like oh they need to come too oh and now that's all i care about that's all i care about i'm the most unselfish lover oh, yeah. so if there's a girl i say every, all the girls that i've had sex with they can all say he tried he tried <laughs> he tried his best he tried he tried he got lord he tried all right let's move on to gangsta shit i just gotta mention this uh, one because yeah. I, I really love this song so much uh, I love the slow whammy guitar intro, but hold on, where is it? All right, here we go. This is the hardest song. I think this is up there with B.O.B. Uh, this is this a hard song. This is Atlanta. This is this is everything I love about Southern rap. Uh, I think it showcases both of them perfectly. I love that uh, Slim Calhoun and C-Bone and everybody's on it. I wanted to ask you quickly, if you can, um, what is the most gangster shit you've ever done? Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. There's, there's many moments of this. Um, uh, the most... Uh, <laughs> Ugh. Ooh. Oh boy. Okay. So and I was also, afraid. Okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. Because I was gonna say No, no, no. What are you about to say? What are you about to say? I was about to say it doesn't just have to be like, you know, it doesn't have to be like straight gangster. It could just be like where you felt the most gangster. I'm gonna tell you this. I'm I'm gonna tell you this. All right, okay. Funny bone, right? Yeah. The most gangster shit I have I have to say today, and it's on tape. It's on tape. So everybody, it's Thanksgiving, right? Thanksgiving show, it's Apollo night. Apollo night at, at the Funny Bone we used to do. They used to, you know, I think now they call it a, a the hustle night or some shit. They, they didn't change it up to some shit or whatever, but but everybody's bombing. Comic after comic. Like, the host, he doing good. The host is doing good. 
uh, my boy Angus Black, like he killed it. But all of the comedians are freaking bombing. Yeah. And I get on stage. And this was right, right when Kramer had um Kramer oh, had right, right. <laughs> Kramer had his moment. Yeah. <laughs> so I get on, I get on stage, right? And I just have all different celebrities talking about it. And what and as a black person, what's gonna happen to him? And I got to Denzel and <laughs> I was like, Yeah, you said you want to stick you stick a fork up somebody's ass, huh? He said, Well, son, I got forks right here. This is exactly what you're gonna do. You're gonna <laughs> take these forks and you're gonna put them up your ass. That's what you're gonna do, right? <laughs> Killed the joint, got a standing ovation, right? I say, I literally said to the crowd, I said, y'all weak, ain't you? And everybody just starts laughing. And then they go, woo, they stand up. I go to the mic, I put it down, I blow on it like, and I put my hand up and walk off. It was cold as shit, bro. It was the coldest <laughs> shit. It was so cold. And it's on tape. It's on footage. I have it. I have it. Please, please send I us a clip it. of that. We'll post it to the social media. We want to see that. I know the fleet's army is going to want to see it. It's just so good. That's so great, dude. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's rare. Definitely. It's rare Definitely. when, especially in stand-up, it's not rare because we, you know, we, there's, there's sets that we have or there's things that we do, even in business where it's like, even it could be like somebody is like you're dealing with a book or you're dealing even with a manager or somebody and they're treating you some type of way. And then you just call them out and like, they stop talking and you're like, Oh, I got them. I can just, <laughs> this is the most gangster feeling in the fucking world. And then you just, yeah. you just tell them how it is. So that's great. Uh, more to ask one quick, just one quick question. Sure. I just wondered about this because Andre 3000, we talked about how he, he really, you know, he, he had a lot of evolution throughout this, you know, they, they both started off as sort of this very Southern gangster sort of vibe they were putting out. And with each successive album, he became way out there, really bought into sort of uplifting his mind of, of expanding where he was going with this stuff. But the one thing that I thought was peculiar and I didn't really realize it till I listened to it was he still uses the N word really frequently, which I know that has become, even in hip hop has become sort of like over a bridge of like, okay, now there's a certain element, but I wonder, do you hear that in stuff like this? And it's just like, is it just brother or man, or does it go like that? Cause you were saying you were raised, I mean, around the church or whatever. I, I wondered as a black guy, when you listen to this stuff, does that hit you? Because, you know, it's not NWA where it's used as you know, as a, as a, uh, you know, as a, as a cludgeon, uh, uh, whatever, right, you know, right in the front, I was just like, wow, he's still throwing it down. Like even on this song, on the chorus, you know, I'm just well, like, wow, what's that still sound when you're like, I've evolved. However, you know, I mean, like, but it's, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like never forgetting where you come from though. Like, like never forget what put you on. Like, yeah, of course you were, of course he was being, they were doing gangster stuff back then and they and they have, uh, they elevated to the eclectic and they create, but at the same time, they made that word, the South makes that word colorful. You understand what I'm saying? Oh yeah. When we, it's like us, it's like when we use it, we're taking the power back from the people that used to use it as a, as a degrading yeah. mechanism back in the day. So it's, when, when I hear it in the Outcast record or whatever, it's just, it's just, it's creative. It is what it is. Like, I don't, I don't even think about it, man, because it's like saying, and it, this so was, yeah. it's like, it's like a basic word because it, it's so colorfully used because in the South, it was so, it was used so heavily back then. You yeah. know what I mean? So, 
for us to have that power and, and take it back and and put it out and to be making money off of it, like that's something different, you know. It's like, all right, that's why I still I still <laughs> say it. I don't care. I yeah. still say it, baby. And it ain't <laughs> I use it when it's supposed to be used. It's not like every other word is the N-word flying out of my mouth. Of course, you've heard me up here. I have it, I don't, I don't know. I probably have said it twice. Right. Well, we have you know, a counter. We have a counter. Adam. We have a counter. I've got <laughs> you at 16. I got you at 16, bro. <laughs> you know what? You need to put that in Papa John's house. I want to know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's saying it right now. <laughs> like, literally. I want to know. This, the man said it took two. It's taken two years to get that word out of his vocabulary. Oof. How is anybody yeah. still buying Papa John pizza? I don't understand. It's, Shaq. it's Shaq's fault. It's all oh, Shaq's sad. fault. His big, I said, bro. They said, oh, well, if they consider us racist, we're going to go ahead and get the biggest nigger that they got on the scene, and we're going <laughs> to take them and make them sell pizza. And they got Shaq's big ass out there. Why? Why, yeah. Shaq? You he my sells. boy. Come home, oh, come man. Come on, Shaq. Come, come on, home, man. I know he's going to see this. Shaq. Shaq. <laughs> Shaq foo. Come on. Shaq foo. Shaq foo. Start working with foo schnickens again. Get back to that. Stop what oh, with food. Come on, you got you got the general. You you chilling with the you chilling with the general. Come on, son. He's got the <laughs> money, dude. You don't need to do that, dude. It's pizza tastes like dick too. Like, why would you eat that? There's so much. Pizza, good I'm pizza. just I'm just saying it, it's the sweet sauce. I don't like sweet sauce on pizza. I don't like that. Let me tell Papa you something. John's has Jay. This is the this is how you know Papa John's is trash. Is even like the cheese pizza is so inedible because you need toppings on it. It's so bad. And that's that's how you can tell if a piece of slice a, a, a pizza slice is actually somewhat is good. It's if it's just a plain cheese, it's fire. It's garbage. Right. That's the genesis. That is that's the genesis. If you fuck up cheese, if you fucking up cheese pizza, kill yourself. Kill that's yourself. You not yeah. metaphorically. Not Metaf- now, if you're Papa John, you know, nobody gives yeah. a shit. You can you can be gone. He's he's you know, and stop tanning too. Uh all right, Morty, let's mention, we got to mention the closing yeah. song, Stankonia. Go any further. I got to say this. That nigga needs to be stopped. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it's okay. Papa John. That nigga period. needs to be stopped. There it is. It's stop them, people. Come on, man. Um, so, all right, Skankonia, last song. Uh, a great song to end the Skankonia. record with. Yeah, dude. I know. I keep going. It's skank. What I, what I keep saying, Skankonia. Um, this is an expansive psychedelic, yeah. funkadelic-inspired love ballad. Uh, it features members of the Dungeon family, but this is the first Outcast song. I was about to say Outback Steakhouse song. Yeah. To only have Dre without Big Boy. Hmm. Is only that one so of- far. Big Boy had already had one on earlier records when it was just him. I mean, with other people, but just him. This is the first one that only has Dre. Maybe the beef is starting. Do you get into that? that? All right, because let's let's get into the facts for because I, I please tell me you have something. Well, I know Speaker Box Loves Below is on the list coming yeah. up, and maybe we'll handle. Do we know why they are fucking? You know, I don't know that wedge? they have a. I don't know that they have a legitimate beef as much as I think. I mean, listen. Like I was saying on this record, on this song in particular, this really shows like speaker box, you know, uh, speaker box and love below, because this is like the last song on the way. This is out there. I mean, this is like six minutes excursion of freak out. This shows you Andre's head because the next record, Andre's stuff on the next album is barely hip hop. 
there's only like one or two tracks that I mean, really say, I mean, he's got instrumental of my favorite things and he's got like, you know, roses and, you know, a lot of singing, you know, a lot of stuff. Hey, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's nothing like, Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. is not hip hop, you know, Hey, I will be around forever. Mm -mm. It's like crazy. Gnarls Barkley did after it's one of those perennials that'll keep coming back and they'll be like, yeah, this it's like dancing queen that will keep coming back every few years. Do you like, play it? Do you play it a lot when you DJ? Hey, yeah. Yeah. Not anymore, but it's one of those songs where if you go like happy by Pharrell, you'll go a few years and it'll be whack and you can't. And like, people, but no, no, you can't play it. That's lame. And then two more, two years later, you yeah. go, you can get away with Chumbawamba now. It's that. It's that where you could play Hey Yeah and people go, holy shit, this is Mickey. Like, this is Tony Basil, Mickey. This is yeah. like, good, this good shit is bananas. You know what I mean? Like, it'll come yeah. back again and people, cheerleaders will be doing it again. No, you're right. It gets played out and then it comes back. Let's do some facts. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, we we talked about, we had Raekwon, we did the Raekwon album on, on, this, on this. And you guys know about Skewing on the Barbecue. That was like, with Raekwon where it really helped kind of put them on the map. You know, they, they, so we have to remember just to put this in context also prior to this arrested development, TLC, like those are what came out of Atlanta, you know? Yeah. So they had a certain, they still went in that De La Soul, a lot of the very like peace, love, like that, that version of this. And I mean, and Outcast really picked up like on taking a lot of the street and then doing this with it. So you know what I mean? Like, you know, like you, you can play Arrested Development, but they, and I don't mean this rude at all. They sound soft because they present themselves as that very yeah, culture. No, very for sure. Like very soft. Africa pendant and everything. Mr. So Wendell. About, oh yeah. But I mean, but it's still, dude, it's still dope in any context of it. So Aquem and I, when you, when you hear like their collaboration with Raekwon, then that's a Wu-Tang dude. So that's like coming out at hard. You know, he says this about, it. he says before that the South just wasn't played in New York. But that song was hot. The flow was crazy. The cycle changed. It really up and opened the door for Southern rappers. And so you see that like Outkast. I mean, you know, there were other people doing it, but they they really you know, you have to look at them as they right after this, the floodgates opened for Southern no, for, taking yeah, over. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was already kind of happening with Master P. Yeah, um, but he was still doing that. He was still doing his something like UGK, like everything that came out after this, like the Southern sound this definitely was, yeah. this is definitely an exclamation point you know what oh, i mean yeah. definitely not 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 so much all right what else oh, you by got? the way so andre for this album we talked about he changed his name to andre 3000 on this and i'm sure it was to reflect that futuristic outlook and everything but also he'd been getting and i and i did this also when he first came out he'd been getting confused with dr dre a lot so when people oh, would yeah. say dre when people say dre and people that didn't know hip-hop well would just hear dre and so he was like, I need something to really stash. So you get your, you know, three stacks. So you get Andre 3000 is like, not just this futuristic thing, but specifically because yeah. it was like, because I heard that all the time. I was like, oh, this is the new Dre joint. Because right yeah. at this time they're coming out, it's 2000. You know, they're like coming out and I'm like, oh, this must be the new thing he's working on. Because you didn't uh, have videos of everything. Jay, because uh, I know you you get approached all the time. Uh, has anybody ever approached you and thought you were somebody else and was like, oh, my God, I love you, fucking blank? Yeah, I, yeah, you were great in Black Panther. You were great in, I've heard you were great in Black Panther. I've heard, I've heard the fact, yo, 
you kill that Falcon roll. I've heard that. Oh. I've heard I love you on weekend update. I'm like, oh. <laughs> you don't sound like Jay. Oh, I get, I get, I can see. Wait, who was the second one? Who was the second one? Not Black Panther. I see Anthony two. Mackie. Yeah, Anthony yeah, Mackie. yeah. I can see Anthony Mackie a little bit. I mean, just a little bit. Really? I swear to God, but it's like literally, I always say this. If you, anybody looks like anybody, if you squint, and if yeah, I yeah. squinted with the way you just had your face right there, 100%. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here's a big one. Is another big one. Well, it's, it's always a question that people have asked me for years. You know what I'm about to say, Josh? I think what? I know what you think. You Please, like, let's do it. Either... Are you related? Are you related to Eddie Murphy? Are you related to Charlie Murphy? Are those yeah. your peoples? And I'm just yeah. like, <laughs> sort of, but not really. <laughs> not by blood, but you know, I get you know I, something. I don't know. I don't know. But I get I get those. I get the Murphys a lot too. I, don't know, I get the Murphys. I've no, never he, been called Kevin Hart before. That was great. No. <laughs> you're, you're also you're also six three or something like that. And Kevin Hart is what six, four eight. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he's no, nah, no, nah, look, three six. He's three six. He's, yeah. he's, he's three he's, foot he's, six. That's he's what. the Dr. Fauci of comedians. He's an itsy, he, itsy He's man. not really three foot six. No, he's no, not. I don't know, dude. I never stood next to him, but I know that's the joke. He's tiny, yeah. man. He's a tiny, tiny man, but he's, you know, he's, he's got, yeah, he's so big Prince, on stage. Man. I bumped uh, into Prince and I was knocked out, like really not. And he was in heels. I'm talking about stood next to him and he was like dancing. And like I walked around a corner and was confronted with Prince. And I was like, they weren't kidding. I swear to God, he looks like a kid dressed up like Prince. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. You would have been shocked. You would have been absolutely floored where you were just like, oh my God. <laughs> like, oh my God. They found clothes that fit him. Hilarious. Prince was built like a, uh, like a third grade. He's, he's, he's built like a third grader, but like a girl. Oh you yeah, he's he, he, his body frame is like that. He's really he's really uh, timid. He's, he's a mythical. He's like a creature. He's like a he's like a unicorn or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like a fawn. Yeah, <laughs> pixie or sprite. Yeah. Or something. He's like a sprite. There you go. He's he's got Tinkerbell. Him and Tinkerbell used to he could stunt double for Tinkerbell. He, well, he could have, but he can't do it no more. But back then he could have done it. Just saying. I'll kill two quick ones right here. So uh, Andre came up with a lot of the lyrics for this. Is he used to write stuff on his walls at his home? He would just like write mm -hmm. lyrics and stuff. And uh, he even said like you know uh, uh, I had planned to paint my house anyways, so writing on the wall was just something I would do. Mm -hmm. So he would just write stuff and then that would end up on the song. And now the last one is similarly to Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA, B.O.B. And we talked about this with Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks, the only thing about that that mentions anything like Rosa Parks is the back of the bus. And that's why the Rosa, that's why the Parks family had an issue with it because they, you know, they disapproved a lot of the language yeah. and stuff that was associated with it. But with Bombs Over Baghdad, except for the chorus, which we said how he just grabbed that chorus because he thought it sounded good. There's nothing else about it that's really about war or anything. So just like with Born in the USA, there's a lot of misinterpretation of what the song means. There are even reports that troops played it while firing missiles into Baghdad. Wow. I see that. Yeah. At the time. Yeah, at the time. It, you know, Fuck, you know just to clarify, by the way, Outcast said they publicly, they were against the Iraq war. Good. Good. I mean, um, I, don't know that's I, mean I think everybody was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even the people doing it, they were like, uh, I don't people know what voted for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's crazy, dude. It, it, 
It didn't stop them from. It didn't stop the the people from from Call of Duty no. and the shit though. Yeah. They still oh, did. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're, we're hopefully we learn from this shit. Uh, but I love that. I love that. You know, I love what you just said about the writing on the wall. I love the misrepresentation of born in the USA, comparing that to POP makes perfect sense. You know, sometimes we just hear something that sounds cool and we're like, yeah, let's just use that. And then people take it. And then they're like, this is the fucking the most, you know, pro life thing. You're like, no, 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 no. It's not at all what I meant. Um, And I, I get it. You know, after going through, Everything we have on this journey to see it move from 361. Is that the number we said we were yeah, doing 64. compared to what? 64. Yeah. <sighs> Man, I, yeah, it's, it should be, it should have been higher. I mean, I'm, I'd be surprised to find out how high a uh, speaker box love below is on the new list. Uh, this one will be around forever. Yeah. Forever? I, Okay, go. Oh, all right. He still didn't Come get riff on. of the night. Jack Sparrow. Nobody, yeah, Jack Sparrow yeah. was riff of the night. I right. know. I get it. I know. I get it. What you're doing. I know. It's Miss Jackson. I get it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just all listening. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Rapid questions, and you're done. All right. Here we go, Jay. Uh, favorite song on the record. Uh, favorite song off of off this one. Of, uh, the one we're doing. Yeah. Uh, Okay, favorite favorite one off of Stank On You will probably be Gangsta Shit. That nice. was my, I just, I played it over and over and over again. Yeah. I was trying to figure out who the hell the rappers were. And I was like, yo, do you really want to know about some gangsta shit? Do you really? Yeah. <laughs> Outcast a nigga talk. Fuck a nigga nigga. I was, yo, yo. That's my favorite song up there. Okay. okay. My favorite All song. Right. All right. Least favorite song on this record? Uh... Toiletitia because it just made me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> not that I didn't, it's not that I didn't appreciate it sonically. It's just a it, it was a brutal, it's yeah. I, yeah. Like, oh, that was that is tough. So I was like, oh man, it kind of it kind of down. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like Brenda got a baby. That ain't my favorite Tupac right. song. I mean, you know. But, but it's, it's, body, it's, it's by the sex pistols, right? No, for sure. All right. What song on this record would you fuck to? <laughs> Bombs over Baghdad. Nice, dude. <laughs> nice, bro. Um, yeah. I'm, yeah. Exci- I'm excited about this next question. Uh, who shines brighter on this record, Big Boy or Andre? On the whole. On the whole on, record. Uh, on, on Bombs over Baghdad? No, or the whole album. On the who, album. Okay. Who shines brighter in your opinion? Doesn't have to be real, you know, it's just your opinion. I think on three stacks always to me, he always stands out. I don't know why. I, I just I'm a lyric I like lyrical people and I think he's real lyrical. So I think he he sh- he shun- he shines on that album to me. Yeah. I I, I also think I, I think he does also because of Miss Jackson. I think Miss yes. Jackson of 100% is his idea. I mean, I might be wrong. Maybe Big Boy pitched it and he was like, "No, nah, that's a great idea." But because of that song and also because of the that the the intro yeah from BOB, yeah, it's just it's just it, it's yeah. he he's he's very special. Andre 3000 is a very special individual from seeing him live at the 930 club and and seeing a guy like I told you Muppet pants a green wig on it was it was like you couldn't take your eyes off him and then big boy is just doing like the gangster bop and it's but it's just you know they're they they this is the thing and I want to say this to all the fleece army it's probably like dude it's big boy they need each other 
they needed both of them. Yep. They needed that that one dude this way, one dude that way. Yeah. And it merges into a perfect just yeah. you, you couldn't know. have two Andres in this band. No, it would and, you, be too and much. you wouldn't want that. You wouldn't want that at all. You wouldn't want that yeah. at all. So so I, I think Andre shines, but I mean some of my favorite lyrics are from Big Boy on this he record. Kills it. I was sleep yeah. I slept on him a little bit. I'll be honest, I slept on him because Andre is such a presence. And then I listen to Big Boy stuff and I'm like, dude, not <laughs> he's up there as at lyrical content and his snaps, his flow, everything. But, you know, I think having them in a band together, you know, if it had been too big, boy, it'd be like three, six. You know what yeah. I mean? It would sort of be just like, yeah, yes. Yeah, yes. for sure. That's no, it's perfect. good. Really? Yeah, yeah, really perfect. And then last question, Jay, does this record deserve to be on the 500 greatest albums list? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It does. Because I mean, it's just that. I mean, because it's a, it shows you, it shows you the come up of Southern rap. It shows you why people started to take them seriously. And it shows you that you don't have to sound like everybody else to make a hit. You really don't. You could just, you could be totally, you can be out there. People don't have to understand what the fuck is going on. But if they feel like they could connect in some way to it, you can, you can soar. So I think yeah. it definitely yeah. deserves to be on the, on the top 100. I, I agree. I agree. I, I, Morty, I don't know if you want to add anything. I, I definitely think this deserves to be on it. I don't agree with the new list putting it that low. Um, higher, that yes. High. Yeah. Higher, yes. But, but fucking, yeah, dude. Well, Aquemini, yeah, he wrote Aquemini jumped to number 49, which is like, it That's went from 500. It went from 500 to 49. I, I mean, I, I personally think Aquemini is a more important record for outcast than this album because equem and i really took them out of the gangster shit and put them into that funkadelic and the psychedelic and all the stuff we talked about um yeah man equem and i equem and i should be higher and i think skankonia should have opened up this list i really do um if we're talking about the 20 we're talking about the 2012 list the 2020 i mean who knows um but jay this was this was great man i really had a good time doing this one today i think morty probably agrees this was oh, this was yeah, really, one of my really favorites fun one. literally um, so anything you want to promote, buddy, go ahead. Uh, let's see, man. I got, um, got my movie. Well, uh, me, Christina Milian and, uh, Senqua Walls and Christiana Pitts. Anyway, I got a movie that I'm starring in coming out on Netflix on the 29th of July. Oh, wow. Um, so y'all tune in, y'all check that out. I also have a, a music slash impression, com comedy impression, music slash real album that I did. Yeah. that I'm dropping. It's called uh, Spitting. It's called Spitting Image. I shot. We shot all the videos for it. Uh, so let me let me let me explain it a little bit. Go so, ahead, please. Fifty Cent featuring Jay Farrow. Oh, right. Nice. Right. Jay Z and Jay Farrow, but I'm Jay Z, and I'm rapping. It's like me rapping as myself and rapping as them, but really making some some dope shit. Jay Farrow, Lil Wayne, and Rick Ross. Takashi Six Nine, Big Sean, and Jay Farrow. T.I. and Jay Farrow. Like, it's like, it's like that. And dude, it's, it's, it's never been done before. So have you, well, have you ever met, have you met everybody and like people that you've done impressions of and they've all been like, oh yeah. dude. Yeah. You I've have met, to have, right? I've met everybody except for, well, I haven't met like, there's a lot of white people I personally haven't met yet. Like Jason or <laughs> It is Jason Statham and all of them, but but for the, the black people, I got the I got the BET I got the BET covered. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie, all of these people, man. So uh, the and the rappers, they don't have a problem with it. Like Jay Z thinks it's genius. He's just 
And and I just I found something out recently about JC Jay-Z. He did a lot of reference tracks for other artists, but he would be rapping like yeah. them in their voice in it. I didn't know he did that. Yeah, he demoed stuff. He demoed stuff for them that he wrote and stuff. A lot of those guys came up that people don't know about, you know, they were saying with like, you know, Pharrell and all those guys had been doing it yeah. back in the New Jack era, but they yeah. just didn't get put on yeah. until right. years later, you know? I mean, and so, yeah. You got, you, you had Pharrell did, uh, all I wanna do was a boom, 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 and a zoom, zoom, yeah. just shake. Yeah. Him the horns in the air, nah, 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 nah. that's Pharrell. Yeah, that's yeah. All Pharrell. Pharrell. yeah all yeah. Also, Jay, don't forget so, you. No, keep. I was gonna say, don't forget we got because I just I'm so excited about this. You, me, and a bunch of other people. We're gonna be in Cancun, November fifth through the seventh. Oh, you doing it oh, too? Oh yeah, dude. Fuck yeah, man. 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 So get your song ready, bro, because we're partying, bro. It's I've never been more excited about shows in my life. Just to get coming out of the pandemic. It's all my homies, you, Jim Jeffries, Santino. Uh, Segura, it's like, and we're on like a five star resort, so yeah, you everybody can get tickets to this. I don't know how expensive it is, I do know they're paying me well, so it's probably gonna be expensive. Oh, yeah, we getting paid, birds, they paying us, birds. So, you know, he getting per, I'm getting per, we getting per, we y'all need to per, we getting per, yeah, dude. Uh, but so is uh, Morty, you know, go ahead, no, Jay, go ahead, Jay, go, go, I'm sorry, I was just saying, you just asked me about the people meeting, but. Like I said, Jay-Z, every time I see him, he's like, yo, what up, fake Jay-Z? <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just talk like that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and 50, 50 ain't got no problem with it. Everybody is cool with it, man. So I just hope I don't get sued when I put out this project because mm. you literally can't tell the motherfucking difference. Okay. God bless it, dude. Wow. God bless it. Morty, what do you got? Word. Okay, so just DJ Morty Coyle on Twitter. Um, uh, B and Daddy Cartoons on Instagram. Thank you guys for the love you guys have been throwing. Uh, Fokker Force 5 on Facebook Live on Tuesday nights with the guys uh, 8 o'clock uh, uh, Pacific Standard Time. And then quick shout out. I didn't realize I got cut last week, so a quick shout out. God bless 311 on behalf of Canada FM1, because I know Josh hates that. And then Christopher D. Moore, you don't follow me. C.D. Moore, 1972 on Twitter. But you give props every time we put something up. You comment on it. All the Fleece Army. Guys, blow it up. Get Jay's album when it comes out and keep recycling these. We love the attention. We love talking. We love hearing what you love about the show yeah. and everything about it really does make it really does make this worthwhile because it, I, I love hearing about just what musical stuff you hate and love everything because yeah. that's how passionate we are about 311, 311. Yeah, I hate 311. So he hates 311. Removing the, the God bless 311 is complete and utter. It's a crock of shit, keep, dude. Keep it no. in. No, no I talked to the keep candidate. It in. Keep it in. No, keep it in. Keep my part in and amplify my voice. <laughs> A little stronger uh jay i love you buddy I i'm excited to see you uh, in november hopefully i see you before that i think we're gonna do a jam here in los angeles so i know you're shooting stuff but i'll throw you some dates and if uh, i just just to come party man it would be great oh i oh i'm there i'm pulling right. up bro. you already okay. got it. cool brother cool what did I tell you? What did I tell you? The one and only Jay Farrow, guys. All social media. Follow him at Jay Farrow. And for all things Jay, go to his website, jfarrowworld.com. Join the Patreon, $5 a month. Help support the show, everybody. Help support the show. 
Now, we just listened to Outcast from 2000, and for new music, we got Spillage Village. They're uh, from Atlanta, Georgia, uh, founded by members of the rap group Earth Gang. They actually were the first uh, ones to, we played their music first. And they have drawn major comparisons to Outcast Dungeon Family. A lot of people they've worked with, like Chance the Rapper. And you're listening to the song Mecca off their 2020 album, Spillageum. Probably didn't say that right. You can find links to their music on our website, the500podcast.com. And if you want your music featured on the 500, we'll play it, man. Just send it to us and uh, list it. We'll do it. I'm trying to help you. You help me, I help you. Next week, it's going to be the Buzzcocks Weeks. I've already been listening to it. I dig this shit. Uh, we're going to their 79 records. Singles go steady. I didn't. I thought this was going to be like, just, oi, 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 oi. But it's not like that at all. So listen to it. Do your homework. Google, Google. Stay tuned. Down in Joburg, I met a girl. She was painted up like an alien. Told me, call her Mother Earth, and I lay with her. Now I can't wake up. We got babies on top of babies. Raising freedom fighters made from super love. Won't you follow me? We're going to lead the way. Watch the whole world get high like so come us. And follow me to Hop out the whip, did the flag plan. One giant leap, hit the moonwalk. Gee MJ to your shoes drop. Gee two pot to your shoot cops. Just another black man. Every day episode of Boondocks. And there's really nothing you could do about it. Play a throwback on the jukebox. Oh shit, oh six, OJ Goo Got me in the mood now. Hit it at the ballpark, different kind of heartthrob. I be trying to tell me it's a rolling, not a stopwatch. When you find the bottom, every shot a long shot. So don't try to tell me that it matter what I call God. I don't get that. Y'all be looking big, mad, lighting up and vivin' this whole like Sinbad. Stick it to my side like Tip Hat. You ain't strapped, better get strapped. So come and follow me to the land. Because I love you. Take my hand. Take me low, you know we got a really long way to go. I gotta thank God for the sun above, cause my black skin can't shake the cold. Unlock your doors, open up your soul, you ain't gotta be so Minnesota. They love me in Cologne, I ain't talking about the older. I love it when I'm home on my sand, I'm a soldier, I'm demanded. Do me lie. And I met that man, the long standing, holding a sign in his hand, it red stranded. I took a chance, pulled some money out my pants and said, Sorry, it's not much, it's what I have. He laughed, said it's love when you do what you can when you don't have to. I got a mother and dad, they don't even care where I'm at, nigga, thank you. Brother, Go buy you a gun and rob a bank. So come and follow me to the land because I love you. Take my hand and from South Africa to Japan, down to Colombia to Sudan. Over to you.
Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now at Evergreen, and wherever you get your podcasts. Next Chapter Podcasts.